to Inside the Recording Studio. I am Jody Whitesides, and with me is Mr. Chris Hellstrom, as always. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing good, Jody. How about yourself? I am feeling like I need to make as much noise as I can with my mouth. Heavy breathing, that kind of thing. And drinking out of a keycup. Well, we got to edit those noises then. No, we're talking about... Well, no, actually, I was just trying to compete with the noise level that you've got going on your end. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but oh, the reality is we are talking about cleaning up vocal tracks today. What you're hearing is L.A.'s finest flyby yeah. here. Yeah, well, there's also bocce ball or something going on, too. Um, it's a party. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, essentially, it was just me kind of making a joke about the fact that we're going to talk about cleaning up vocal tracks. And of course, I'm not planning on cleaning that up from the beginning of this podcast, just because I want people to understand how fucking annoying that is. <laughs> it is. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So without further ado, we're like, jump us off here. Let's like go right off the cliff into the free form of ah, vocal cleanup. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, it, it's a good idea to clean up your vocal tracks. There you it think? is. All right. Thanks. We'll see you next <laughs> That's week. That's it. Podcast uh, yeah. over. Less yeah. than two minutes today. Woo. Um, no, in all seriousness, uh, there are a lot of... Noises that happen generally while tracking audio. It could be, um, in best case scenario, in between lines when the singer might take a breath or they might clear their throat or something like that, or just oh, leading up to a take. <laughs> I'm sorry? Oh, I fucked that part up. No, keep singing, please. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, in fixing those kind of things is what we thought we'd talk about today and yes. how you'd go about that and how sh much should you do and how little should you do and just the overall should you. Well, um, actually, it, it can go a step further than this. This doesn't relate just to recording vocals on a song because it can also record. Uh, it could also be perfect for things like podcasts Yep, and audio presentations uh, the only reason why I add that kind of stuff in is because there was a point in time where I was doing a lot of work for a, uh, I guess the best way to call it is a learning company. They did online audio learning things with stuff that was related to economics. Okay. The most boring stuff ever. <laughs> <laughs> to, to listen to that stuff. And what they wanted us to do was to clean up all the ums and ahs and any kind of extraneous breaths or weird noises. So as I got really good from doing this of just going straight through and literally cutting things out on the fly. Yeah. Rather than like going, stopping, cutting, stopping meshing together, stopping. I actually had a, a method with a couple of key commands like, oh, there's a spot. And as it was going, just hit a key command and boom, it would pull it out and put in the proper noise that they wanted in between, which was just the standard room noise that was there Yeah. in place of any kind of weird audio stuff. But that is neither here nor there. Let's get started with the things that we're talking about here. What are we talking about cleaning up? Well, I'm thinking of Primarily, it's little things. It could be anything from 
Well, the first know. thing we have on our little list here, as we're going to follow some kind of notes, is that we're Let's talking that. breaths. Yes. And so as an example that I just gave in this learning companies thing, they didn't want breaths in their audio at all. So like the guy could just run on like a monotonous machine who never took a breath, which was kind of interesting, but that's how they wanted it done. (laughs) That's pretty impressive. Yeah. No, in certain uh, scenarios, let's say that you're doing dialogue or anything like that. Um, I think it can be very interest or interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird way of putting it. Yes. How about the word distracting instead? Uh, to to have breaths when somebody's just talking, and it can retract from from the dialogue. So I'm assuming that's why they wanted it done that way. Yeah, they just wanted straight information, nothing else, nothing extraneous, so to speak. Right. But, but uh, uh, in I, music I, recording and recording songs. Mm-hmm. How do you treat your breaths there? Um, well, get your shot glasses ready. Um, but <laughs> I would say it's uh, it's content dependent Woo! for me. So sometimes I don't edit out all breaths because it can sound inhuman if you get too aggressive with it, I think. So if there's a singer and you're having, let's say, a ballady type of thing and you're going into it, uh, it might embellish that performance that emotion if you hear a little bit of a before the singer sings or something like that um i'm trying to think the last major singer that i'm even familiar with where you really hear like the breasts actually exaggerated might be steve perry yeah that's a long time ago isn't it yeah that's a minute ago (laughs) i mean i i think I have another example. That's, that's the I, opposite end of the spectrum where they actually exaggerated the breaths. Although, well, uh, but I actually, think that's I just, a lot of times it's just by because a guy like him and another guy that I would hear it on a lot would be David Coverdale from White Snake and the sort of sure. like similar sort of like soulful type of singers, a lot of power in their voice. So I, I think it's important to keep in mind too that when, when you're listening to the raw audio of your vocal files, when you're listening, to it, it might not be that prominent. Right. But as soon as you hit that with some compression, that that breath can be right up there. So I wonder if it's cases of of those instances because, you know, somebody like, you know, Steve Perry had a pretty powerful voice, right? So Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, in, in a case like that, you might have to think about, well, do we want this in here? Do we want it? exaggerated like in their case or do we want to get rid of it and you know come to think of it i'm I'm trying to think it most of the time you're reducing the volume on breaths especially if they sound kind of sibilant yeah and that's just because you want it to kind of be there but not necessarily prominent So that's my own personal taste on it. And oftentimes when I'm actually delivering vocal files from projects I'm hired to sing on, I guess my breathing is generally pretty quiet because I never have to audit my breaths, Yeah, which is most of the time. I mean, it's a very rare occasion for me, but that's not generally the case for most vocalists. So that's just me. Yeah. Do you find that maybe that you've practiced your technique that when you breathe, you might step back a little bit from the mic. Is is that something you're conscious of? Just out of curiosity. It might be that, that it's just an ingrained thing. I don't 
think of myself pulling back from the mic and going forward all the time when I'm breathing, I might turn my head slightly to the side or something. Or if I, most of the time, I'm not trying to breathe through a small opening in my mouth that's like that. I'm usually opening my mouth pretty wide like that. Yeah. And I can get a much bigger breath at a much lower volume comparatively Let, speaking. Less sucking noise less coming in. Less sucking noise, yes. Yeah. So, so maybe that's the secret for vocalists out there that are listening to this particular podcast. If you want less suck in your vocal ability, open your mouth wide <laughs> when you breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like so, an ad in the back of a newspaper somewhere, you know? Right. Um, <laughs> so I, I, you know, that's, that's probably my, like, opinion yeah. or, or, but, but or just my right style and how that works so i don't yeah. know but you're very right in that it is a very personal thing most, most singers you would hear a breath and, and um i would be you know wary of depending on what what song it is and, and how present that can be because a breath can be emotional in the mix but it could also be distracting again just as if you would in a dialogue if there's everything. probably the key to how you would deal with should you reduce it? How much? Yeah. Right there is how annoying it is when you're listening to it. If it is mega distracting, yeah. do what you can to get it out. Yeah. If it yeah, is I, not I, mega distracting, maybe you leave it. Yeah. Because the way I try to look at it is if it just – it adds that emotional element right, to me. Uh but but one thing I frequently do though is I, if it is somebody that there's a lot of prominent breaths in there, I would go in and just game change that right in the audio edit. I would just highlight the breath yeah, and yeah, bring yeah. it down by x amount of dB, right? To, just to make it it's still there, but it's just not taking over the track. Right? Or if you are now employing the use of a Friday find from a Friday a while ago. Melodyne 5, which has the new breath feature in it, where you can mm -hmm. automatically do breath controls right from Melodyne, you could use that too. Yeah. I haven't explored that yet. I I, I got the update. You've had it for I, a while I, now. You should be exploring it. <laughs> I should be, but I haven't had any vocal tracks where I really needed to work or or to do a lot of correction in it. Right, uh, that's true. So pat yourself on the back. I was working with some of your tracks there. So there you go. Don't break your arm. I can't. <laughs> I can't even reach around back there. I'm not even able right. to touch myself. Uh, I'm so buff no, the, now from all the exercise I do. So <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that kind of covers- Back on the, track. <laughs> yes, back um, on track. That kind of covers the whole concept of, of breaths in your vocal tracks. Other things that we want to enunciate or- speculate or riff on, if you will, has to do with mouth noises. And it's things like. Yeah. That. Those kind of sounds, when you are bumping gain up a lot. Yes. And you're EQing for presence. Those things start to sharpen themselves like tacks. And yes. they will Hicky tack you right in the feet, the hands, the ears, and it will make you feel like, what the hell is going on with my song? So yeah. mouth noises are just the general noises made by the mouth that is properly, I guess, lubricated because that's just the sound of the saliva moving in the mouth when you're opening and closing it and moving your tongue around. 
Those it kinds of things. It's even more disgusting when you're describing it that way. <laughs> right. But that's exactly what it is. Those things get really annoying in a mix, especially in my my feeling on it, my observation, my whatever, is that they're not rhythmically part of the song. And I start to hear those things on occasion and be like, what instrument is that? And then you realize it's the vocal. <laughs> That is creating yeah. that extra weird sounding percussion that doesn't belong. Yeah. And when you start hearing it, there's no unhearing it. So now you're you're just now you're hear fully concentrating. It, it becomes a distraction, of course, which needs to be alleviated and removed. Yeah. And uh thanks to some tools that we'll we'll talk about in a little bit here that, that our job doing that is a lot easier. Yeah. But uh before we get into the specialty stuff, um Obviously, or should be relatively obvious, but sometimes we forget to do this task and it, it makes your your mixing session a lot worse. But that is, as we alluded to earlier, all the noise in between vocal lines. Like it could be the vocalist is shifting in the booth or or slightly bumping the mic or adjusting their headphone or even headphone bleed. Maybe even burping. So what you're kind of getting at is just general room noise. Yeah. That is not about the performance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, kind of like what's going on with you today. Yes. The bowling alley that appears to be above The bowling (laughs) alley that seems to have appeared out of nowhere. And apparently we're having something very interesting happening outside. Hence the helicopters circling. Yes. So uh gotta have the isotope anti-helicopter plug in today. <laughs> I'll let them um, know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give yeah. isotope feedback. Yeah, right. Yeah. Next time at NAM, who do I talk to about that? Yeah, um, heli- de helicopter plug-in. Right. <laughs> um no, but in all seriousness, all the little noises that don't belong there. And this is part of at least my workflow, I, I'm expecting yours as well, that you do all the prep work before you go in and, and start mixing, right? So you go through all the files, making sure that there's no, any noise that doesn't belong, essentially. Yes, yeah. it's that step that we talked about a while back of prepping the tracks for mixing. Yeah. Where it includes cleaning up tracks. Yeah. Specifically and, things like vocals. Yeah. And this also goes for, you said before, it could be dialogue and that kind of thing too. This obviously goes for... Um, Pretty much anything it, where you're using a mouth. <laughs> well, that, but also it could be extra string noises before a guitar hits play or, or bass Yes, but we're not talking like, about that today. We're talking about no, voices. But, but, so this applies. So, but yeah. if somebody goes like, hey, man, all I do is play guitar. Well, this you could probably take the same concept here. Yeah. So we've got all kinds of things that are going on in this particular episode of this podcast that aren't really going to be cleaned up too well. <laughs> so you can yeah. understand the annoyance that we get into as mixing engineers. Yes. So, yes, yes, yes. And and speaking of tools for cleanup, you've got DAW tools. DAW, D-A-W tools. Yes. What are your DAW tools? Well, my first thing is I, I tend to just use the the sample editor in Logic. Straight just up, go in, just go right to the sample. Yep. Go and straight get to rid the source. Of <laughs> all the noise that doesn't belong there, 
get rid of that stuff. I just see. like, yeah. So I, I actually get it out of the audio. And then um, while doing that, it's probably good workflow like I do. Uh, at those, I will add a slight fade in and fade out. So you make sure that you don't get any sort of like just abrupt pops or clicks or anything in your in your audit uh, that was easy for me to say in your editing speaking about editing this is brought to you by department of water and power now um no but it's very easy that when you do this and you're trying to get fast and you want to get through this that um you might get a little bit aggressive with it and you end up cutting somewhere where you might get a little bit of a pop, like a digital pop type of thing in your edits. And so adding a, a little fade in and fade out to that. Yeah. Very quick. What about you? For, uh, me, I don't tend to go into messing directly with the audio in cleanup a lot. It's not necessary with the tools, third-party tools away from the DAW that I tend <laughs> to use. And my particular set of tools, God, I feel like I need to start. What was that movie, Fast Times at Ridgemont High? <laughs> it's like, don't worry, man, I can fix it. My dad's a TV repairman. He's got the ultimate set of tools. Um, that uh, My set of tools that I, I tend to go to for noise removal or noise alleviation or noise obliteration would yes. be the RX suite from yeah. Isotope. That yep. does an absolutely phenomenal job literally 99% of the time. When it can't do the phenomenal job on that 1%, that's when I go reaching for the actual sample editor. Ah. Uh. So I tend to be maybe a bit more lazy about it now. <laughs> I guess is a <laughs> yeah, good way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, it, it's it, that's the way I've been doing it for so many years. Mm. So I think it's just ingrained in my workflow. Sure. Uh, but if there are things that can't be fixed through that, let's say that there's um, some kind of noise happening during a vocal line or something, right. you could use the spectral editing tool from, um, isotope. from Isotope. Yeah. yeah. The and, RX and that does spectral. an amazing job. Spectral like denoise. It is like audio magicalness. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, uh, it, most often, most often with most of the vocal editing that I am doing in regards to songs and using RX has to do with spectral denoise. Uh, yeah. I unfortunately do not use the D, the, it's, I got, it's a mouth denoise is what they call it. I think it's similar to spectral denoise, but it doesn't work quite the same. And the unfortunate reality is that has a bug in it that makes it not as useful as the spectral denoise. So I would normally use a, the mouth denoise, but because of the bug, I can't. So I use the spectral denoise, like literally mm -hmm. on almost every vocal. And that tends to wipe out probably 80% of all odd noises that needs to hmm. be removed from a vocal track. So are you talking about just 
actual room noises like hum in the room, that type of thing? Or are you yep. talking about more of that little clicks and pops? And that no, the clicks and pops are dealt with. Uh, so first it goes to the spectral denoise to get just kind of the general noisiness of something that's in there out. From there, if it is extensive on the na- mouth noise, then I use the de-click Mm-hmm. Mouth declick, I think, is actually it's called. They actually have one that's actually called mouth noise. Well, I that's think. the one I'm talking about. That's supposed to work like spectral denoise. Okay, and that's the one that has the bug in it. So I use. We'll have the, to talk off camera what that bug is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. they're they're aware of it, so hopefully they'll get it fixed at some point. Um, yeah. Then it becomes the the declick. Mm-hmm. to get rid of the mouth clicks kind of things that happen. And usually that solves all the issues between those two plugins on a vocal track. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to go in there and start dealing with a whole lot of like actual sample editing. If there's excessive breath noise, yeah. then I use their breath control or I do it straight out of the Melodyne 5. Usually it's... Hopefully, the closer to the source that I can do it, the easier it's going to be. So Melodyne 5 is the first choice before that. And then if it's still excessive after that, I'm going to take it with the breath control from from Isotopes RX. So, um, yeah, that's the biggest thing. So you you take it into Melodyne first? Well, yeah, because I'm using Melodyne ARA. So that's the first thing that's right. on the track. So there's, you have to do it there first. Right. But I'm saying, I'm, well, you don't I'm have curious. to. I just, I do that. Right. But I'm curious too is, uh, so all of this processing now, let's say that there would be a track where you needed to tune the vocal slightly. Mm-hmm. Would you do that before you yes. do the cleanup? Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Because I, I do it the complete opposite way. I like to have it as clean as possible before I bring it into any kind of... Um, well, being look, that any correction, if you will, right. Any correction I do, ARA, unfortunately has to be the first thing in the track. Right. And that's so why I like to have a that's clean why track I, before I go in. <laughs> yeah. That's an extra step that you're doing that I'm not doing. Saving yes. myself time. Damn it. Uh, I do the Melodyne ARA first from there. Then it's the spectral denoise. Then it's the D click. And then it's the breath control or any other particular noises that need to be done after the fact. And the reason why I do that is because spectral denoise, like I said, takes out about 80% of all the issues. And then from there, the other plugins don't have to work nearly as hard to get whatever is left to do its thing. Now, do all of my vocals need this? No. But when I'm sent tracks that are recorded by somebody that isn't as savvy about how they're recording something, especially if it's like a home recording, this becomes the workflow that has to be done <laughs> yeah. to clean it up and make it sound as good as possible. Very rarely do I use the D reverb um, because sometimes I feel like it sounds a little unnatural, but sometimes I use that. Sometimes I use the D plosive when they're getting really on top of the mic and the poof, you get that big pop and it's just yeah. easier to use D plosive than to go in there and do something else gnarly. Like, yeah, do like an EQ automation yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah, it's just easier to use Deplosive. So I that whole suite, the Advanced RX suite, is just a thank you isotope from the, from the heavens kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> to to help remove noise that's not necessary. Yeah, no, it's uh you know not just in music production either, but like 
post guys that deal with dialogue all the time, I'm sure they're just like, thank you. Can yes. Do this now, you know? Yeah. Yes. Before so. you needed a tale of newt and a cauldron and a witch and <laughs> full moon to be able to get rid of some of that kind of stuff. Right. Well, Plus and there's voodoo as well. And yeah. even though I'm a, an isotope, like, evangelists in that regard there are other companies that make these types of plugins to help you remove the noise that we've been sure. talking about in in vocals and such and we will get to those in just a moment after we have a word from our sponsor and the next one that i would add to the list is waves with their x noise and their suite of stuff yeah have you ever used it I haven't. I, I I used to use a lot of wave stuff, and I have today. I got like a handful of things that I do, mm -hmm. um, but I do not have uh, any experience with that one. Uh, mm. So I I'm afraid I can't speak about it. Well, but um, I can't say it, that I can speak on it either. But they do have it. Another company that makes noise removing stuff is Accusonus. And their yeah. ERA series, which has a noise remover, a reverb remover, a deplosive, and a de-esser. Mm -hmm. Other people tend to use things like the Adobe Audition Suite. <clears throat> and then if you are like mega, super serious, like this is all you do is audio cleanup, is a company called Cedar Studio. Yeah. And... The reason why I say if you're like, this is the only thing you do and you're super serious about it, because I think their their software or their heart, maybe it's a combination it's more of like software. forensics. And stuff it's like, like forensics type stuff. This is like $15,000 or yeah. something just for a plugin or just for the software. So chances are, if you need Cedar Studio, you're not listening to us right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you're certainly not going to learn anything about audio cleanup from this at all right. yeah <laughs> so and then there's another company called magix m-a-g-i-x with their spectral layers pro and then on terry's the infamous company that made autotune yes they have a sample uh software library called sound soap which i'm not sure do they still make it i'm, I'm assuming they do they must because they still do um autotune but SoundSoap was probably one of the originators for audio cleanup in that regard. Yeah, I think um, that takes me back, at least. I want to say that it was probably... Grade school? Late 90s, maybe something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, grade school. It no, takes we you back to grade hardly school. Hardly had computers at that point. Uh, We're still doing cave drawings. Yeah. The last one, and not least, is essentially on our list, is Zenaptic. They yeah. also have a suite of plugins that you can use to remove noise from your audio. Yeah. So, I mean, the bottom line is that there are options. It's just that you There's and I of highly favor um, Isotope. Isotope RX because it's just, it's good. But it we're not going to say to say that. So it, just well done, Isotope. Yeah, yeah it works. And, and you don't have to break your bank to get it to work. That's <laughs> the yeah. best way to say it. So, yeah, and they have various levels on their suites. I have the I have the the super like the mega super advanced pro pack or whatever they call it um, <laughs> of RX tools. I have the entire suite, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. 
So, but, but they, they do a lot of good work. But um, as with everything here, when we're talking about these things, um, well, part of like, it, it, you know, you know, maybe we should get an endorsement here. <laughs> that <laughs> would hint, be nice. Isotope. Hmm, no, just kidding. Hmm, yes. No, I'm not kidding. Uh, but I am. I'm not. No. Yeah, but seriously, no. Right. Yeah. Um, but it comes down to a part of it is sort of artistic when you think about do, do I know do I want all the breaths in there? Do I want to hear that in the vocal track? But part of it is also just part of the cleanup, like the extra noise that just just going to be. It's kind of like well, Antares had there the sound soap. It's the soap for the audio. You get rid of all the ugly little bits <laughs> your, that you don't it's want your there. Audio cleaner, yes, yeah. So uh, you had mentioned it briefly before. Uh, one of the things to be aware of when you're starting to do this is how aggressive you are getting with removing noise from your dialogue or your vocal track. And yeah. one of the things that I have to be aware of when I do this, and this is why I use the isotope stuff, but I also have to back off on myself sometimes because sometimes I do get a little too aggressive for one little spot. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to realize, okay, maybe you pull that little spot out and create a new chain just for that to clean that little thing up and run it through a channel so you don't hear the entire audio being done that way. Or... The other option actually is rather than doing it on the fly in your DAW is to pull the audio track through external means. And that's one of the other cool things about the isotope pack, which I'm not sure is available in some of the other uh, audio suites of noise removers is that isotopes plugins all also work in a standalone application. Right. Yeah, And you can pull your audio out to the standalone application, do any of the edits that you need to do there, and then bring it back into the DAW, which can be a different way to save time, especially if there's small problem areas to work on. Yeah, yeah, you Instead can get some general. really, really detailed work in there, and you can you know work with part of the audio spectrum and, and remove things, and, and uh, it's... I mean, it, it really, really is incredible. It's insanely deep what you can do with that kind of stuff. Yes, it um, is. But uh, like you said, it's easy to also get really carried away with correcting these things and they get really heavy handed because especially if you're like me and Jody, you, you get kind of anal about little stuff and you're sitting in there and you're listening to everything in solo which you shouldn't necessarily be doing. <laughs> no, but, but when you're repairing stuff, you kind of well, yeah, have when to, you're repairing right? audio, you do need to yeah, listen to but, it on but its own. It's good to take a step back sometimes and realize that nobody's going to listen to it like this, you know, unless you have a really, really sparse track and the singer's turning around to cough in between verses, you know. But um, I've done that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure a lot of people have done that. But. Uh, it's, yeah, oh, I, I could hear a little bit of a breath there in between the vocal line. Yeah, it's a human being, dummy. It, it's it's going to be there, you know? So, um, it's not a vocal robot, damn it. Yeah. Damn it, Jim. Unless you're going for that robot effect, then knock yourself out. But, but uh, of course. Yeah. So um, it can be. I can, can go give down an example. I can give an example very early on when Let's I hear it. had somebody send me a vocal track to quote unquote fix it for noise. Mm -hmm. 
And I had not been super learned in the plugins would be mm -hmm. a good way of saying it. And I got a little heavy handed and he got the vocal file back and he's like, what the hell did you do? But <laughs> <laughs> so I cleaned it up and he's like, but if you look at the audio file now, everything's all smoothed out. And I had never thought of looking at the actual audio file for its waveform before and after. And he was right. It was like literally had taken all these spikes and turned it into like this sandpapered smoothed out <laughs> thing. And it was kind of like, oh, well, that's interesting. So at that point, I started to remind myself, you have to listen to the overall effect of what's going on. And if it's one little individual thing, that's another point where it gets to that 1% of like going in and doing the sample editor. If it's something minor, maybe you just go into the sample editor and deal with it there. Uh, if it's something that's a little more general, that's when it's easier to use the on the fly as you go plugins. And if it gets even more detailed than what the sample editor can do, that's when you go into the third party app pull your audio file in and be like, that's the, that's the little bugger that's causing me this gigantic issue in the vocal. Let's just deal with you. And then you're yeah. able to kind of surgically remove it in a sense and hopefully not mess up too much of the surrounding area of what's going on with the vocal or your dialogue or whatever it is. Yeah. It's very easy to make it sound unnatural, but, um, so speaking of the, the sample editor there, maybe I should clarify this. That's my first go-to. And when I do that, it's primarily for me just getting rid of everything in between vocal lines. Because I'm I'm pretty fast at it right now, and I can kind of see where it is, and, and it's it's immediate, just part of my workflow. So I get rid of all the big bits first, well, possibly yeah, but the breaths and like that kind of if thing. That has to do, like, if you're doing an entire vocal track that's on one track and there's giant gaps between the vocals, that I can understand. Well, I, I tend to do that with with all the vocal tracks. Right. Just because every once in a while I find myself, I'm mixing something and it's like, what's that noise? And it turns out that whoever sent me the tracks or wherever they come from might not have done any kind of cleanup. And that's where I go in and I don't want to revisit that again. So <laughs> I yeah. just go in and get rid of all that kind of stuff. And it could be stuff, simple things where... Um, Paper shuffling. Not, yeah, it could be that. It could be bleed from headphones that are not necessarily audible to the when you just listen to the track. But once you get a little compression on the vocal, it, it amplifies that kind of stuff. Like we were talking about the breaths of right. Steve Perry or something Another like thing that people don't realize is their feet yeah. make noise in the studio. I Stand was actually helping. Feet. There's that. I was helping an artist the other day working on getting a sound for their them to do a recording for another artist that they were working with and they were like i keep hearing my feet so you have a piece <laughs> of carpet <laughs> yeah put some carpet under your feet that'll help a bit so there there are various things that happen in the studio to alleviate noises so that you get a nice clean vocal track or a dialogue track whatever it is that you're working with the mouth so do be aware that you 
are making noise from time to time. And those noises, the mixing engineer generally tends to have to mask or remove in some way, shape or form. And as a mixing engineer, you would wish that the recording engineer or whoever recorded it was paying attention to this shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, also if you're now, let's say you're the recording engineer and you don't feel super comfortable, um, with the tools that you have to get rid of some of these noise before you send them to be mixed, um, express that to the mixing engineer and say, like, look, I'm not super comfortable with this because you don't want to overcook these things like, before you get them out, right? Because so once it's done, it's not undoable. Yeah. Unless you have made a copy and you're working from a copy of the right. original, which yeah. if you are getting used to this stuff as a new person, to the world of audio cleanup, it's probably a good idea to actually duplicate the audio first yeah. and work on a copy of it to make sure that you, you know, if you do end up going too far in the wrong direction, that you can undo what you did and start over yeah. and save your own butt. Yeah. And we should probably mention too, that when you're doing things and you're working in, like in my case, in Logic, and I'm working with a sample editor, that's destructive edits. It's not necessarily a thing where you can just, oh, undo, undo, undo. Oh, that thing I did a half hour ago, that's come and gone. That That's now in the file. So you're overriding the file. So Doesn't that kind of uh, depend on how many levels of undo you have? Yeah. So yeah. if you've gone beyond your levels of undo, that almost sounds like something from Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> what <laughs> level is your wizard? Oh, my wizard is level 150. Well, then you yeah. can undo yourself 150 times. So yeah, it does It does matter how many uh, levels of undo you have. If you have 10, you better be darn sure what you're doing because you'll be surprised at how quick you're going to run through 10 edits. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, having... A, a raw file to go back to a duplicate file is can be helpful and can save your butt, especially if you're doing midnight edits and you're burning the midnight oil and sitting there. And then when you listen back to it the next morning, it's like, what the heck was I doing? <laughs> so, um, yeah. The stuff that makes you pull your hair out and go, <gasps> what did I do? Yeah. And if you're changing gain on certain breaths and things, um, I would recommend also that think about it the same way that you you might be doing compression. Um, if you do small changes at a time instead of, okay, well, I'm just going to bring this down 10 dB. Well, maybe start with three, right? And see if that sits a little bit better and then go a little bit more and, and things like that. So you can you don't end up just shooting yourself in the foot and just getting rid of stuff completely <laughs> and realize it doesn't work. So uh, something else to think about. But um, yes. hobble yourself or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the. Uh, What's the worst vocal file you've ever had to edit? What was in it that was like, oh, my God, this is the best that I can do. And this still sounds awful. Um, probably something. Where. There was a lot of room in the vocal the way it was recorded, mm. like a lot of the room in, in the actual environment where the singer was. And now with the, the is it the D-verb, I think? D-reverb. That's available. Right. But um, 
at this time, that tool didn't exist. Mm. So it's one of those things that might sound really comfortable to the singer when they're singing, oh, this sounds good, sounds great. Again, when you get a little vocal effect on, you get a little compression on and you just hear that room and it's just, you can't undo that. I think that's, cases like that, I think are, are the hardest. Um, other things too are if you get comped takes from a singer that again might not be super comfortable comping their own takes or editing audio period and you just hear stuff being cut off in phrases where they've obviously done the splice that type of thing yep uh that's the worst (laughs) you know i yeah those are the hardest cases i've I've had to deal with and sometimes it's it's just one of those things that look you gotta redo this you you gotta you gotta re-sing this again because I can make it work the way it is, but you're not gonna be happy with the result. And yeah. uh so what what about you? What what are the worst things that you've kind of come across? Generally speaking, it's room noise. Yeah. And the other big problem distortion. Oh yeah, yeah. When it has been recorded at too hot a level. That is a very difficult thing to essentially alleviate. Yeah. <laughs> and if it was not done on purpose, you've got yourself a major job of trying to undo that. Yeah. And it's not easy. Not easy at all. No. In cases like that, I end up going the different route usually. And that is? If already cr- well, that would be to is just that the like- round file and say, do it again? <laughs> Um, in a perfect world, yes, that, that, that would be the first thing, but then I try to accentuate that through the whole file. So accentuate the, the, the actual damage distortion. So, so that, you know, I, I might crunch it with, with the compressor, just smack the crap out of it. Actually maybe add some distortion, but then you're dependent on, it's dependent upon the song. Let's say this is happening on a a ballad that was sent you. Most ballads are not going to have a distorted vocal no they will in this case but no uh, <laughs> no you know you, what you're absolutely I right think you need to add some more distorted guitars to your song it's no longer yeah no so sometimes you can get away with that but um more often than not it's like what do you do like that's just lopped off that's audio that doesn't exist anymore you right know? So, yeah yep. so th- those those are really really tough yes as well. I yeah. concur. I agree. We are in agreement yes. on that one. Right. So um, get rid of noises, whatever tool that you have. Think about the breaths, if you want them present or not, how much of them you want. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, you're going to end up with a lot better of a vocal file. But don't get too neurotic and too crazy with every little breath and everything because it can make it sound robotic and uh, really? unnatural. Yes, it can. <laughs> no, um, no. I'm just I'm asking because, like I said, when I'm doing it, it's generally a real time thing using several things that are removing a whole co- a whole bunch of noise at the same time. Uh, but but surely t- you preview those though before. Well, yeah, you- yeah, yeah. I listen to the whole vocal before I let it run all the way through. I'm making darn sure that it's going to sound like a quality vocal over a. Something that's got something like this going on, and then it's like, oh man, how do I undo that? I got to turn everything back on. So uh, we're off. Yeah, but that's an entirely different problem. That's a 
vocalist who has their mouth covered. And who knows if you could ever EQ that junk out. Or somebody has got a megaphone going on. Um, yeah. So it, it really depends upon uh, the situation. And more often than not, I'm able to get away with the general stuff. Yeah. But sometimes you have to take matters into your own hands. Indeed. So, Indeed. Yeah. All right. Anything and with that, uh, I think that's kind of covering a pretty good portion of what we were talking about in terms of cleaning up vocal tracks. I apologize for not doing a massive cleanup job on this particular podcast episode because we wanted to make you aware of what kind of noises can annoy your listeners. And while we don't really want to annoy you, we want to present you with good information. We want to show you why you'd want to remove those things. And this is a prime example of that. Well said. Yes. All right. Sibilance. Sibilance. All right. With that, I'm going to say sayonara. See you later, alligator. All right. Have a good one, See you next week out there. Thanks for listening. uh, You're, well, I'm listening to you. You're listening to me. You're listening to us. And with that, see you later inside the recording studio, peeps.